And so good afternoon and uh, welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School webinar for this Sunday, September 28th, 2008. And aloha from Maui, Hawaii. It's 1 o'clock in the West Coast. Uh, it's, it's 4 o'clock in the East, uh, just a little bit after, and uh, 20 hours GMT. Thanks for being with us as we do uh, this regular Mystery School class in metaphysics and mysticism, uh, comparative philosophy, comparative religion, if you will, and uh, theology and sociology and even a little politics once in a while. But uh, primarily we're dealing with human consciousness from week after week. We're challenging the identity that most humans have, that they are simply this separated sack of protoplasm that uh, is aware of itself as a freak of, uh, of nature, as some sort of bizarre electrochemical result of uh, what's going on in this material brain of ours. Uh, we're addressing the idea that you are consciousness, that you are the awareness behind or above all of the appearance of things. Uh, your physical body, your health, your performance, but also the awareness that is behind or above your thoughts that could actually choose to agree with a thought or disagree with another thought or put it on hold till you get more information. Most people, of course, are driven by their thoughts. And we all know the experience of similarly being driven by emotional feelings uh, to be the feeling. Um, is like being driven by the thought, and you are neither of those things any more than you are the clothes that you wear, the house you live in, or the car that you drive. These are vehicles or means of expressing the awareness. It's a simple enough concept, but still quite veiled in the West, uh, given our material bias. And so, in the West, uh, women and men were, were trained to look only at the appearance of things, as if these shadows of light and sound are really substantial. No, there's something more here. And that's the meta in metaphysics, to the beyond or the behind the appearance of things, the physics of things, beyond or behind the physical nature, metaphysics. It goes back in the West to Aristotle but even then was an ageless concept. Truly, uh, sometimes it's called a perennial philosophy, but this is the, whether you call it perennial philosophy, the ageless wisdom, uh, prisca theologia, is another uh, old uh, Latin term for the ancient teachings. And the darndest saying is that they're, they're found in standing above religion, and uh, philosophy and folk wisdom in all cultures and all societies around the world, as if the most ancient of people had tapped into these key principles. And, and much of what is called New Age um, is just not very well-grounded, uh, ageless wisdom. Some of it's really good, don't get me wrong, but it's picked up a flaky uh, a connotation, you know, something that's New Age. Well... There's really nothing new about ancient wisdom or ageless wisdom. The point is it's timeless, as reality itself is timeless, uh, beyond time and space. Today we're doing Lesson 2 of a six-part series called 
Fly, Feeling Like Yourself, the Fly program, which developed out of my early hypnotherapy practice in the 80s, and when I left radio as a full-time career 21 years ago, uh, this was one of the products that uh, that I was offering to individuals and, and couples also. I even changed a bit and did some work in business with a lot of these tools, but... Um, you know, when you when you take this stuff to the business world, you really have to do use different terms. You can't talk about, as I already have, the ageless wisdom. You, you could touch on it, but uh, I wouldn't use the word metaphysics. I certainly wouldn't talk about meditation or hypnosis. Business people are scared of that stuff. They're, t- <laughs> they're, they're really chicken. Uh, so you have to frame it in ways they can understand. We we don't talk about guided imagery in business uh, uh, so much as uh, oh, mental rehearsal is a, a term Steve, my partner Steve Snyder taught me, uh, brought my attention to, or creative daydreaming or something like that, practical daydreaming to sort of take the the uh, you know the mystical scary edge for the for, the, for those that aren't used to it, take that edge off of it for them. But it doesn't much matter what we call it. There is in everyone's heart a longing to be more. If you don't feel that, then you've just forgotten the last time you felt it because everybody has this longing within. It can be everything from, gee, I'm hungry, or why do I feel like eating when I'm really not hungry, to the heartbreak of losing somebody who dies. It can be a wonderful, fulfilling feeling, the presence of warm and and safe love, or it can be um, an agony of, as I say, loss or or grief or mourning or separation and and everything in between. Love, too, has its in-breath and out-breath. Consciousness, awareness, as love, uh, has its yin and its yang, uh, its peaks and its valleys, and Sorry, I didn't invent this, uh, <laughs> but it's got to have its uh, dark side, so to speak. And so um, it's difficult. Life is difficult. It really kicks our butts sometimes. This is uh, the allegory of the cross that we're nailed to. And forget about blood washing away the sins. Uh, and remember the forgiveness and the compassion that's the real message for a philosopher anyway, a non-religious or a comparative philosopher, a woman and man who's looking for the deeper meaning beyond the appearance of things. It's not about blood. Um, it's, it's not even about um, the suffering. We, we went over this on Easter. We'll do it again next Easter. Easter. Of being nailed to the cross, it's about compassion. It's about forgiveness, and we're going to talk about how to how how to do that with yourself. I mean, how to forgive yourself, but not only for something that happened an hour ago, or a day ago, or a couple of years ago, but how to go back and reconnect with the inner child. Think about this. This is what we're going to do today. I'm really excited to be able to present this to you, whether you knew. So the whole idea of meditation and guided imagery and self-hypnosis and such, uh, whether you're very experienced or you may even be a practitioner. I know I've got practitioners on the line because I did a career training for several years, and I know many of you are here and looking to refresh these skills. And, and the good news is that these are safe and 
proven skills that anybody can use. The more experienced you are, the more effective you may be, but you're not going to do any damage if you're a newbie and you're uh, aspiring to help people feel safe and relaxed and and learn to forgive yourself and, and to go back to your childhood and forgive yourself as the child. Well, that's really, really big, and we're going to talk about that, and then we'll do a session today. I want to remind you in this sense that if you have to leave for some reason in the middle of this program, or this is a program that you're listening to now as a as a replay, uh, keep in mind you have lots and lots of choices. Whenever you can join us live, and I hope you're listening live now, you're part of a group mind of a lot of folks who are tuned in, uh, who are going to meditate together and do this visualization process together. You can feel that group mind. I think you can feel that group mind. Uh, what is this? Firefox wants to install an update right in the middle of my class. <laughs> Hold on here. Go away. Uh, gosh, no, we hold on here later. That's, that's, this is outrageous that Firefox just took over my computer like that. Alright. Um, so, that's what we're going to do today. I was making a point, but I can just step back here and say that's what we're going to, uh, be all about today, is learning to use forgiveness. Forgive yourself and then also forgive whoever has abused us. Um, maybe by something they said or did, maybe something they did not say or do. Like, you know, as parents in infancy, uh, just to even be available to us. I had a real personal breakthrough in this regard recently, working with uh, my infant self. So that's our topic for the day today. Oh, I know, I was talking about the choices you had in replays. Um, so hopefully you can make it live, but know that the same link that brought you to this page today for the live class can be used to return at any time to the replay of these events. And those are also archived on my website, theagelesswisdom.com, under web teleconference. Also a real cool link there, a little tool where you can send one or more of our past programs webinars to a friend via email and that's real slick and easy to do we have that up and running and uh, there's also the podcast so you have downloadable you have streaming you have uh, the podcast as in addition to joining us live every week so all of that's on the website theagelesswisdom.com and i want to thank you guys for sharing this with your friends telling other people about it forwarding those emails that you get. I can see the class growing, and I can tell from the feedback that I get via email and your submissions uh, to this event um, that we're growing and that you're telling friends and associates, and I don't want you to go out and sell this to anybody. Uh, just I, I, I suspect that you have friends that are looking for this kind of stuff, but they don't want to follow some guru or they don't want to join some strange cult or speak languages they don't understand and uh, so here we are and my background is that of a journalist and a radio talk show guy who uh, whose passion for truth in the news led me to a passion to find truth in philosophy and 
all of a sudden I discovered this consensus. Uh, actually, it wasn't all of a sudden. It was a slow dawning that uh, is still happening. This consensus in philosophy, uh, this golden thread that runs through it all, Somebody wrote me an email this week about that golden thread, and I thought, wow, I haven't used that term in a while, but I'm so excited that people recognize it, that we can, you know, take a breath and relax and sort of rise up above the differences and the antagonisms of religion and find in our hearts and minds the the harmony that leads to unity. There's your thread. Where's that thread going? Uh, well, it's a thread of harmony that leads to ultimate unity. So we have the appearance of separation, right? And we have spiritually this unity, this ocean of oneness. What is the connection between the one and the many? It's that golden thread. It's the heart. It's the mystic's path. It's the stairway to heaven. It's the middle way. It's, it's mysticism in all of its glory. Again, not one right way, but you know, breathing life into this sense of who you really are and honoring this longing that we have to be more. On the newsletter blog that we do, which is another place that you can comment, theagelesswisdom.blogspot.com, I have in the banner the statement, sort of like a subtitle, The Ageless Wisdom, and below that it says, the perennial philosophy about the longing of the part to be whole. The longing of the part to be whole is also the longing of the hurt to be healed. And each of us has within us a longing of this separated part to follow this golden thread back to the spiritual unity that we can experience and embody right now in our lives. The good news is you don't have to wait till you die to discover what it means to be a soul. You've met them in form. There are uh, people on this earth that are soul-infused personalities. They, uh, they stand at a place that you and I are aspiring to move to and and we can move there. And yeah, in a sense, it's a quality of attainment, but in another, like some sort of vertical ascension, but in another sense, it's moving toward the center of something that you already have and you already are. We're really not going anyplace, although both models are good. We've talked about them in the past. But know that you are the love that you're looking for and that your soul, so to speak, is within you now. It's it's not only imminent, it's also transcendent. It stands above you, and this is one of the great heresies. Uh, you know, the truth is your soul is already, I believe, and the ageless wisdom suggests that your soul is already in heaven, that we exist as a reflection of that soul in form. And that's, you know, that's what the church has been burning us at the stake for and, and waterboarding us and... Uh, torturing us uh, throughout the ages for teaching that your soul is already in heaven. Uh, this is not a theological class today, so we won't dwell upon that, but we'll continue to touch on it because that's where we're going for expanded awareness because that's what it means to be a soul, is to 
be that awareness, to be that consciousness that stands above all thought, feeling, and certainly physical appearance. And you can do that. You have done that. It happens naturally and normally. But wouldn't it be nice if we could become ever more skilled at accessing this higher self on demand, wisdom on demand, imagine, to be able to, you know, calm your emotional nature on demand when you're upset, angry, hurt. Uh, imagine on demand when you're confused mentally and your brain is filled with all of these ideas, being able to access wisdom and clarity. And you know, when all the turmoil of emotions falls away and all the noise and madness of monkey mind falls away in a calm and quiet and peaceful meditation, reflection, contemplation, what remains is true. Now, doesn't that make sense? So, if all your turmoil, emotional upset and hurt and angers and fears could fall away, what would remain would be true. And in the same way, when you get quiet and all these thoughts, whether you hear them as voices or see them as pictures, all these thoughts in your head demanding your attention, look at me, listen to me, listen to me, look at me, what about this, what about that? Oh, it's just so exhausting sometimes. Yet as you learn to relax and feel safe and be in the moment, in the silence and the grandeur of this eternal breathing, heart-beating instant that unfolds, okay? What remains in terms of our feelings are really not emotional, but spiritual feelings. And what remains are not the thoughts and the fear-based reflexes of the lower mind, but a higher mind that is so much more clear for its quietness. All right. So those are the tools and the techniques, guided imagery, visualization, meditation, self-hypnosis. It's in yoga, it's in martial arts, it's in accelerated learning, it's the essence of sports psychology. Come on, we're getting on board, we're sharing the good news. We've got to learn to use this focused, relaxed state between awake and asleep. With your eyes closed, turned away from physical sense and sensation, focused instead on the extraordinary power of the subconscious mind as a doorway or a portal to this higher self, this oversoul, if you will, this eternal and infinite essence of, of who you are, this love, uh, this consciousness, awareness that stands above it all. Now today, as I say, Lesson 2 of 6 in the FLY program, FLY, Feeling Like Yourself, is all about healing childhood hurt. So, having said what I've said, I want to remind you of something I put in the newsletter, or maybe in the reminder I sent out early this morning, about trees adding rings every year. You can, you've heard it said, I'm sure, that you can tell the age of a tree uh, once it's cut down anyway, by counting the rings of the tree. I'm going to have a sip of water here. Hold on. And so every tree that that tree has ever been is still within it. 
as I said in the reminder newsletter, um, everyone you have ever been is still within you. And when you have a birthday and add a number to your life, you don't drop a year on the back end, <laughs> you know. You just wax. You, you just add to who you are. All of your memories and all of your experiences are recorded. You know, this is like the religious idea of the big book that God keeps of all experience. Well, that's the soul as a higher memory retaining the experience of this life. And many of us believe all of your other lives, your other incarnations, so to speak. All of that's remembered and recorded. Well, the problem is with regard to any given life, this one in particular we're going to talk about now. We're not going to mess around with any past life uh, stuff. When, when I talk about uh, regression, I'm talking about postnatal regression, regression to your teenage years, to your childhood, to your to your infancy. And the great thing about relaxation, meditation, guided imagery, whatever you want to call it, is, again, when the noise falls away, the truth remains, you can access parts of your memory in these altered states of expanded awareness that you would never be able to gain access to in normal consciousness with your brain full of the light that's coming in through your eyeballs and the sounds that are coming in through your ears and the smells and the tastes and the tactile sensations and just the kinesthetic sense of being in your body. All of that's filling up your brain with the stimulus. See, So it's like on overload most of the time. And then add to that the insanity of the world that we're living in and what happens when frightened people use fear to control other frightened people? Uh, those voices get louder. Those thought voices and pictures just borders on insanity sometimes. People have these panic attacks and nervous breakdowns and uh, unresolved phobias and unreasonable fears of things. But it, it really is understandable when you understand the brainwave spectrum. We can go back to qualities of recollection of memory from our childhood and actually learn to forgive those who have abused us, to forgive ourselves for buying into these false assumptions about being bad, wrong, stupid, and inadequate. Okay. And a teacher of mine once said, and forgive God for not intervening. So you forgive the abuser, you forgive yourself, <laughs> and forgive God for uh, setting it up this way and not intervening. I heard a funny quote the other day, um, not funny ha-ha, but funny strange, about the born-again idea that God micromanages life and he or she is constantly intervening. Uh, I think it was a reference to Sarah Palin praying for a hockey game uh, that her son was playing in in high school and they won and she said God prevailed, God intervened and and made us win the hockey game and this commentator said how odd that God would intervene in a high school hockey game but allow 30,000 children to die of starvation every day we, we have to move beyond the simple elementary school concepts of religion uh, and, and I don't 
doesn't matter to me what religion we pull upon for the truth we find in that religion. We have to face directly, I think, the superstition and the ignorance that can be carried forward in any of these silly traditions. So God will micromanage a high school hockey game, but allow children to starve and suffer. Um, God is not a micromanager, right? And for that matter, uh, you are God, as am I, and, and our cats and our dogs and the trees and the flowers and the grasses. And that's heresy, too. Now we've got two reasons to be waterboarded and burned at the stake. <laughs> we're doing really well. So we're going to go back to our child today. Just like, just like the tree with the rings, counting the rings, and every tree this tree has ever been is still within it. Everyone we've ever been is still in our memory, still a part of our soul nature, our, ourselves. It's, it's a wound that is often carried in the unconscious, in the subconscious mind. I say often, I could say inevitably carried. And because it's playing in the background, because it's behind or beneath the noise of our thoughts and, and, and emotional feelings and, and, and conflicts and stresses, we're just, we don't have access to it unless we use the techniques that we're teaching you or similar techniques to quiet the mind, calm the heart, still the body, and then go back, as I'll show you how to do in just a few minutes here, to those past memories and rescue those kids you are see I didn't say were you as a baby you as a four year old you as a kid of 12 or 14 trying to sort it all out okay all those traumatic incidents those kids need to be rescued they're still back there lost and confused and we access it through imagination but it's real you know, memory is imagination. How do you remember something? You imagine it. Imagination is the primary function of the subconscious mind, just as the primary function of the conscious mind is free will or willpower. The subconscious that you hear about is imagination. So to access it, you dream. You daydream. You lucid dream. You direct the images of your mind. You direct the emotional nature but you do it through letting go by allowing and again what remains is true See, everything that's not true falls away as you relax this is the beauty we have been given access to heaven in this life isn't that cool you don't have to wait till you die I'd like to say I've been there and, and I do say that to to people I hold close. In fact, I just said it, didn't I? <laughs> but it sounds sort of, I don't know, arrogant or pompous, like, neater, neater, I've been to heaven and you haven't. We all come from heaven. We're there now, don't you see? We are the image in the mirror. We are the reflection, right? We are the vehicle. It's like, you know, the we have these separate selves, and the ego or the persona is the part that identifies with the separate form. We're talking about access to a level of awareness or consciousness that stands above it. Imagine if you could climb a hill and look down on the valley below. You could see maybe a train going over a, a, 
a, a, a bridge or a, a roadway, but as you climb the hill, you can see where the train had been. You can see where the train is going. You can see the past and the future, so to speak, from your elevated point of view. That's what we're talking about doing, to access these childhood traumas, to rescue these kids. Hey, that's me. I'm going to go back and get that kid. You see, and rescue him or her and bring them forward into my present life where I parent them and care for them and protect them and nurture them. And if this sounds like pop psych, you got to maybe expose yourself to more pop psych. This is very, very powerful stuff. And again, ageless in its wisdom. The, these are timeless techniques. The things I'm teaching you guys, I did not invent. I'm a journalist. I found them in books and seminars and and, and, and other teachers to whom I owe a great deal. Uh, these tools and techniques were taught in the mystery schools of Egypt, uh, in the pyramids, in, uh, in, in time out of mind. These, there were mystery schools in Greece as, as well as Egypt. There were mystery schools in Tibet and China and, uh, these areas that had completely different names before India was India, when it was uh, Brahmastan. Uh, these ancient concepts were understood, and these tools and techniques for using breath, <laughs> breath, and relaxation, and the letting go, the release of our attachments, starting with muscular tension, but also releasing that mental noise and emotional frenzy that we've just talked about and and do many things with it aspire to the higher self or turn and regress ourselves as we're going to do today through imagination to memories of the past and rescue those kids and save those kids and use the power of forgiveness to heal the lies we told ourselves, the false assumptions that we often carry forward and then act out in our daily life and affairs. You know, when somebody you love upsets you, you <laughs> you've got to consider that it may have been their long, bony finger that stimulated your hurt and may have made you angry. And yeah, they poked you right there. But they poked you where there was already a pre-existing bruise, and that bruise is yours. And it makes perfect sense that we would react. We have this limbic brain, this amygdala that reacts, puts us into fight or flight, either or, good guys and bad guys, all differences or opposites, just so that we can survive. You did this pain to me. You hurt me. One of the primary lessons that we have to remember about responsibility, especially in these initial classes and sessions from the FLY program, is that you're responsible for what that long, bony finger, in a sense, evokes from you. You see, your feelings have much more to do with you than with another person. And yet we look to other people to bring us 
the love and peace that we already have. We just tend to lose track of. And then we blame those same other people when they evoke our hurt, much of it from childhood. Uh, It's just good mental and emotional and spiritual health to do everything that you can as quickly and directly as you can when you are hurt and upset to take ownership of it and to ask why is this happening to me what is this about what can I learn about myself from these feelings and that requires a certain level of awareness how else do you describe it at what point do you let go of your obsession about the person hurting you? You know, your husband, your wife, your partner, your kids, your parents, the jerk that calls himself your boss or whatever. There's no question that they push our buttons. But they're our buttons. And today we're going to practice rewiring some of those buttons. So when they do get pushed... What comes out of you is healed and not hurt. What comes out of you is full of love instead of full of fear, which is really devoid of love. (laughs) Fear is really not a thing. It it dominates our lives, but it doesn't really exist. It's, It's a way of describing the absence of love, just like darkness describes the absence of light, but... Darkness is neither a substance nor an energy. It's, uh, it is no thing. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to face the no thing, the pain, the hurt. Because, uh, you know, again, look, as kids, we don't understand. I, I very clearly, I, I very, very clearly remember my childhood before my parents divorced. And my father would come home and kick the dog and yell at my mother and threaten my brother and sister, and then he'd come after me. Let me say this again. He would come home most nights, angry and upset from work, kick the dog, yell at my mother, threaten my brother and sister, and then come after me. That's my memory of it. Right now, as an adult, I'm thinking there must have been something wrong with this guy. He must have been really stressed and did not have any tools to deal with it. And come to think of it, now that I look at my grandfather, it all sort of makes sense. I think this is a dysfunction of helplessness and anger and victimization handed down. And now they're training me. (laughs) Right? Why? This is the question, my dear friends. Why is it so hard for us to understand that this has nothing to do with us? As an adult, I see this guy's got a problem. As a child, I felt like I did something wrong. I screwed up again. This is my fault. This is clearly my fault. It's one of the amazing things about children is the the extent that we will go to as children to take responsibility for what is not ours. And then the supreme irony of becoming adults that don't want responsibility for what really is ours. <laughs> you know, the, the child blames himself or herself for behaviors they didn't cause. 
whereas the adult spends much of their life trying to avoid responsibility and find some sort of sympathy or comfort, some full love. And once you feel sorry for me, I'm such a victim, this person hurt me and this person doesn't understand me and this one made me angry and let's all have a pity party and we'll get together and try to nurture ourselves out of our pathetic appeals for sympathy. Give it up. It doesn't work. If it worked, you'd know it by now. If there, if, if, if it worked, this victimization and emotional helplessness, uh, if, if sympathy healed us, there'd be some evidence of it. Love heals. Sympathy can be appropriate in certain situations. You know, a funeral is a great place to express sympathy. And, but, but, you know, t- to seek sympathy from others is a poor substitute for the love that they could help you experience. So what we call the love of others or the love from others, where they now play the role of stimulating our inner love, you see. They're not really loving us. By caring about us and loving us in in what we mean by that term, they're really evoking from us the love, just as in another situation, uh, somebody said something that evoked hurt. Take ownership in both cases. So lesson one last week was about take responsibility for self-love. It's the only love you've got. Nobody can love you, give you love whatever that means, beyond your willingness and ability to love yourself. And you do not have love for others beyond your willingness and your ability to love yourself. Steve's wonderful phrase, Steve Snyder, my partner from the late 70s when we were kids, all love flows through your own love for you. You can't feel love that isn't your love, so the love that you're looking for, you've got Indeed, the love you're looking for is what you are and who you are. Well, in a in a sense, not to the same degree, but in a relative sense, in terms of our identity as these as these separative fleshy sacs of protoplasm, our hurt is who we are. You know, Joseph Campbell said, "Follow your bliss." He's absolutely right. But we also have to follow our heartache. Follow your heart, but follow your heartache to find the heart. You see, we gotta we gotta pick up after ourselves. Go back and rescue these kids that have been damaged. Bring them into the fold, parent them, love them, make them feel safe. Learn to forgive the abuser, let it go, forgive yourself for buying into it, then through understanding, let it go as well. That's what forgiveness is. You've heard the phrase emotional baggage. Forgiveness is letting go of the bag. There's nothing in this footlocker I'm dragging around that I need anymore. Excuse me, let me open it up, take out the best parts of being a child, innocence, you know, joy, uh, beauty, all of the qualities, spontaneousness, you know, happy for no reason, we called it a few weeks back. Think about retaining that, although that's an effortless, that's not 
that doesn't need holding on to. You know, you don't have to hold on to love. All attempts to hold on are fear. Holding on is a tightening of the muscles. Love is letting go. You don't have to carry love with you. <laughs> so all emotional baggage, so to speak, the stuff we carry is the hurt. And we think it's holding on to us, but we're holding on to it because it needs redemption. It needs to be saved. It needs uplifting, like water to wine. Now you know what that allegory is about, right? Or leavened bread rising, or, or lead to gold. It needs to be embraced and, and redeemed and refined and improved and understood with a breath. Uh, and then let go. Stop. <laughs> then you don't need to drag this stuff around. I watched this woman yesterday. Could have been a man, I suppose. I don't want to be sexist here, but my God, at the at the uh, uh, Maui airport yesterday, this woman brought footlockers and stuff to Hawaii. I got news for you. All you need are, are you know a few changes of underwear, some shorts. Uh, you could you could. <laughs> You don't need that much. Some sunglasses, a big hat. This woman, I don't know, maybe she was moving here, but she sure had a lot of stuff. Travel light, we don't need this emotional baggage. Once we harvest the understanding that's buried, that's hidden, as an opportunity in the middle of all this heartache and hurt. All right. And thus, taking responsibility in our first session for love leads us now to taking responsibility for the heartache and the hurt. Make perfect sense. And this week we'll talk about how to regress ourselves all by ourselves. Again, whether you're brand new to this field or you're a practitioner or anywhere in between, doesn't matter. The safe, effective tools. You can learn to do it better, but, you know, any attempt is going to benefit you to some degree. It's just a matter of how much, how good you are. At, uh, at doing this and how willing to practice like any anything else. And then next week, one week from today, hard to believe we're moving now into October, <laughs> All right. uh, we'll talk about current hurt and heartache. Like the stuff you're feeling right now and how to take responsibility for that. But we're going to do this in an order. Last week, responsibility for love. Nobody can give it to you. It's yours. Uh, the only love you've ever felt is your love. Right? You look at a brand new baby, you get off her clumped, you feel that wonderful love. That's you. That, you did, the baby didn't radiate that to you. The baby maybe stimulated that. But it came out of you. And so it is with our hurt and our heartache. Nobody did it to us. They stimulated it, but the feeling is evoked from us and is about us. Know that about love. Know that about old hurt from childhood. And next week we'll talk about the language of feelings and how to interpret the meaning of feeling uh, uh, in your current life and affairs. Those are the first three uh, and the first half of our six-session Training the Fly program. By the way, every once in a while, somebody will ask me, is there a difference between a feeling and a emotion, an emotion? And in the vast majority of work I do, I conflate those terms. I will point out often that there are physical feelings and emotional feelings, 
And an argument can be made easily that intuition is a mental feeling. Logic doesn't really have much of a feeling to it. Creativity might. Certainly, there is a feeling of aha that goes with intuition. So we can feel physically, emotionally, mentally. And yeah, I think there is a spiritual feeling, too, that stands above it all. But do we really want to call that a feeling? See, we're still working with the terms. Remember, psychology is not very old. It's still unfolding. There is the ageless wisdom, again, behind it and above it, but the science of psychology is still a little too caught up in gray matter, brains, neurons, electrochemistry, and uh, looking at consciousness as the result of that, rather than the fact that it really is a two-way street. We can affect brain chemistry with our by changing our mind. You change your mind. You know what it means to change your mind. Well, on second thought, you see, and that changes brain chemistry. I just went to the doctor the other day. They took my blood pressure, and we had a little conversation about what the medical profession calls, but rarely admits, white coat blood pressure. You go to the doctor, you get nervous, your blood pressure goes up. It's incredibly, it's incredible how sensitive we are to a little bit of anxiety. You know. Heart doctor said to me once, "Do you ever have shortness of breath?" And I said, "Only when I talk to you." You know, <laughs> you know, it's true. It's like. So anyway, uh, this is this is where we want to go today. I want to make sure that I've summarized all of this before we actually begin to do the process here. I, th I think this is a good time for me to remind you to use the submission button on the page if if you're listening live today on the web. If you're listening live on the telephone. Uh, Good afternoon, and thank you so much for being here. It's really cool. you got the Bluetooth headset, your phone in your pocket, and you're free to go wherever you want. Uh, some friends of mine were visiting here a couple of weeks ago, and, and they were just 10 miles away on the island, uh, uh, right here on the island of Maui, uh, laying on the beach, listening to this on their cell phone, and we just all thought that was, like, so cool. But if you're on the web right now live, Rather than listening to a replay or a podcast, you can submit a question below and uh, or, or a comment of some sort, and I'll go to those in just a few minutes. I, I value that, and uh, already a few people on board, folks saying hi. And even if you just say hi, but if you have a question or a comment about our topic, the larger topic of responsibility for feelings and what that means, responsibility, the ability to choose your response, in terms of love and in terms of healing hurt, just uh, type it in, be as brief as you can, and uh, put your name, or just first name at least, in the city where you are, uh, and click the submit button, and we'll go to that in just a few minutes here. Okay, so this is an incredibly powerful technique, but it does require that you're willing to face your hurt and your heartache. And there's a saying in the field, various approaches to psychotherapy, hypnotherapy, movement therapy, whatever your path to expanded awareness, that the only way out is through. 
Those of you taking notes, boy, you might want to write that one down and remind yourself again. It's about you. It's always about you. That's the meaning of your life, is to discover who you are and to be that magnificent being. Not your fears, but your heartfelt aspirations. To be that I am, above, free of form. To be all that you can be. And uh, that's who you are, and that's what you're for. And that's the work that we're doing. We have to understand. That's the whole secret to mental and emotional health, is to understand the hurt. So when you do a regression, as I'm about to instruct you and demonstrate for you here, you're taking with you the adult that you've become through memory, visualization, guided imagery, states of deep relaxation, where we're most efficient and effective. We're taking the expanded awareness, the experience, the, the intelligence of the adult that we've become back to rescue a child that is locked in time and lost in time and able to review the hurt and the heartache from this instance or that occasion with the intelligence that we now bring to it. And they're able to understand what happened to us and why we felt the way we felt at the time, and in a few moments you'll see what I mean by feel the way we feel, okay? And that understanding alone vaporizes the hurt. And that larger process is called forgiveness. It involves understanding the abuser, understanding your reaction, and understanding the bigger picture from the elevated perspective of the higher self, the person that you've become. And to do all of that in a state of expanded awareness, where thoughts are quieter and much more likely to be true, you'll get a phony thought every once in a while, but it's easy to say no to it. Sorry, thanks for visiting. <laughs> you'll be moving down the stream now. And the same with emotions. It's understanding that heals. You know, medical doctors have their pills and potions and powders, and if the drugs don't work, they got sharp scalpels and laser beams and, and, and uh, their little tools of the trade. Well, how does a doctor, a practitioner, or healer in the mental and emotional fields heal? by promoting an understanding and insight and awareness and an aha. <laughs> That's what we're looking for to heal the child, the inner child. And there's a bunch of them, not just one. And yet, here's the good news. You don't have to repeat the technique you're going to learn today uh, 783 times for each of those significant trauma, traumas, trauma <laughs> in your life. If you do a technique like the like like what you're going to learn today, six, eight, ten times, for the most significant traumas, some of which you've totally forgotten about, but you'll see as part of this exercise how to facilitate remembering what needs to be remembered in in the order it needs to be remembered. Okay, and then 
if you just did six, eight, ten of these really traumatic incidents from childhood, that creates, uh, it sets up a kind of a, a critical mass, a domino effect that ripples through your memory banks and adjusts all those lies that you've told yourself about how wrong, stupid, bad, inadequate, ugly uh, you really are, or even might be. Sometimes we keep saying that's not true, but the argument persists. And we insist, I will not be afraid, and I will forgive, and yet the hurt and the heartache persists. It's because you're doing this in normal consciousness, and it doesn't work in normal consciousness, or there'd be some evidence of it. Ever had somebody tell you, get over it, drop it? Well, if only we could. Again, it's not holding on to us. We're holding on to it. But the reason we can't seem to drop it, the nature of that magnetic attraction, here's the law of attraction on the dark side, is this hurt needs to be understood. <laughs> it's part of the design of the universe that your emotional pain, just like our physical pain, is not God punishing you. It's it's God trying to get your attention. It's 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 not a design flaw. It's the brilliance of what do I need to do to get you to pay attention here? Hello, this is you know a religious person would say God. I'll say this is the absolute. This is life. This is fate's destinies and providence. This is your higher self calling. I need your attention. You forgot that you're here to grow by understanding yourself. And helping other people to do that. So I'm going to touch you with a feather. Hello, anybody home? Oh, you're too busy? Oh, well, let's see. How about if, as higher self, I just give you a little shove in your life? Knock you off center a little bit. There, there, that ought to do it. Oh, you dismissed it, I see. Much too busy, much too chaotic. Worried about the world around you. Well, I can understand that. Higher self looks around, finds a pointed stick, gives you a little poke in the arse there. Oh, damn, that hurts. And, you know, finally life will resort to a brick on top of the head. Cancer. Heart attack. Foreclosure on your home. You get fired. Uh, I'm not saying that everything that happens to you is perfect and just, although that may be the case. I'm saying uh, move quickly as awakened individuals beyond the appearance of things and say, what could I learn about myself here? What can I learn? Yeah, it's a disaster. W what can I learn about me? What if this was some sort of holographic, cosmic psychodrama to get my attention and to put me back on track in this uh, experiential growth process of coming into form. To find the learning lessons and to seek understanding in, in, in adversity, that's what is meant by the only way out is through. There's no end run around this pain. We've got to face it. We've got to not only follow our bliss, we've got to follow our heartache, follow your heart. But to find it, you have to go through the heartache, don't you see? 
What a paradox. You have to go into the darkness, to the places that you fear the most, revisiting, to find the freedom and the liberation. It's just core, ageless wisdom. I didn't invent it. It's from time out of mind. To face your fear, to know that the only evil in the world is ignorance and confusion, and we call it fear, and it's about us, and, and we're not victims of it. We're reacting to shadows here. Gosh, you'll always have a good outcome if you face your fear and go deeper and deeper and and do it in these altered states as we're instructing you. And do not limit yourself to my instruction. Find it wherever you can. You, the, the Christos, the Buddha nature is in you. Right? The master is in you. The kingdom is within you. So listen to Michael Benner and tell your friends about Michael Benner. Listen to Michael and Steve on the Focused Passion, Finding Yourself in Paradise podcast. But don't stop there. Search the internet. Go to the Bodhi Tree, those of you in L.A. Uh, go to seminars and classes as well as these webinars. Listen to other teachers, but not to find the one right way or to collect the books you like the most, but to use what these teachers are teaching you to stimulate your own inner awareness and and understanding personal responsibility has got to be the motto, right? And it's got to come before service to other people. I know we all want to help other people. I, I hear it in my private practice all again. People call me up, set up some sessions. And, oh, a career especially it comes up. I, I, I don't know what I want to do for a job. I just lost my job. I'm in career crisis. I hate my job. I, I feel like I might have a calling. I don't know how to find that calling. Uh, how do I discover that? Well, you have to look in, not look out. And you have to face your fears to find the best in you. And the good news is you will survive. You are made for this. You are an eternal and infinite being of love and light. This is what you do, is face fear to find the best in you. You're, you're, did I say this the other day? I said this to a friend the other day. Maybe I mentioned it. Uh, bears repeating in any event. Ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships are for. We need to create and foster some downtime in the harbor. We <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes of meditation creates safety. And allows us to regress ourselves to childhood or to do other similar personal and spiritual development work. But then we open up our eyes, uh, weigh anchor, and head to sea. And move out into those scary places, right? So, that's what we're going to do today. And Again, this is just so liberating. And I want to emphasize that. There, there's really no risk here. Every once in a while, I'll come across the dangers of hypnosis. Uh, uh, that's uh, trying to find a word that's not obscene to refer. <laughs> that's nonsense. There are no dangers of feeling safe and relaxed unless you're in imminent danger and 
and your body is screaming, open your eyes and run like hell, and your muscles are, I mean, the automatic systems, the autonomic systems will take over if there is real danger or even imaginary danger. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. Ah, what we have to learn to do is find that place. This side of sleep, you have to be conscious. But on the downside of monkey mind and chaos and stress and 15 voices shouting at you and, and the idea that you're more productive when you multitask, nonsense, the best of you is the center of this teeter-totter, the heart, the middle, where you can access where you go when you dream, the higher self, and at the same time, do it in a lucid way. We'll talk about lucid dreaming one time, too. That's not really part of the FLY program, but when we do these six, I'll do a program on lucid dreaming. Because I know we have people that practice that, and that is really cool. To, to go to sleep and to become aware of a dream while you're dreaming, and to have free will in that dream, and to know you're dreaming, and yet here you are in the dream, Boy, you think deja vu is a trip. Wait till you have your first lucid dream. And that can be studied and practiced and promoted as well. Okay, so here we go. Here's the basic technique, uh, the second of six in the FLY program, healing the inner child. I want you to make sure this is an appropriate time for you. It's not a good idea to listen to this while you drive a car. You're not going to pass out or anything, but it could slow your reaction time, so be smart about this. Turn off the chainsaw or the carving knife, and provided it's a good time for you, get comfortable, close your eyes. See, brain activity is reduced by 86% just when you close your eyes. We're beginning to quiet the mind already. And take a slow, deep breath, pulling in strength and power. And as you exhale, just as slowly, ah, feel the letting go. And do it again. Pulling in strength and power as you inhale, ideally through the nose. Feel the oxygen coming into those nasal capillaries. And then as you exhale, a sigh of relief for the world. Ah. We're all going to survive this mess because the essence of who you are is an energy that cannot be destroyed. Not even a spiritual concept, but true in physics as well. Basic physical laws. You cannot destroy or use energy. And spirit is energy. And you are spirit and you are energy. And you cannot be destroyed. Feel safe in that. Feel the letting go. Allow yourself to experience from head to toe a kind of a softening like butter. Not melting, but softening on a warm day. Feel that kind of softening within your body. Muscles unwinding and relaxing to the very core of your being and allow your breathing to find a natural rhythm or cadence in fact 
for a few moments, put your attention on the bottom of your nose. At the very point where oxygen enters the body and carbon dioxide leaves, where the air moves in and out at the very bottom of the nose, and simply watch your body breathing. This in and of itself, if done for 10, 15, 20 minutes, is a wonderful exercise for managing stress and expanding awareness to simply watch your body breathing itself all by itself and gradually experience the dawning of an awareness that you're not the breather. <laughs> you're the one watching your body breathe. Let go of the body. It won't go away. It'll be right here, but it'll be like watching a body breathe itself all by itself. And you're the watcher, not the breather. You see. And if you're trying to make sense of that in your mind, let go of that too. For the insight and the understanding is allowing yourself to realize, let go. Imagine yourself in your mind's eye in a beautiful place of perfect peace. Now, the feeling that you're pretending or making this up, just imagining it, is exactly the right feeling. Just stay with your first impression. Don't second-guess yourself. Allow a flow of images that gradually become a little more stable and it may flicker and flutter a bit at first, but pretty soon you're going to be able to imagine very easily, and you're in control of experiencing this unfolding through an allowing of trees and bushes and blue sky and a few white puffy clouds. Allow my voice to go with you, but you can still imagine hearing birds singing and Gosh, if you listen real carefully, I bet you can hear the wind in the tops of the tallest trees in this beautiful garden, this paradise, this heaven, this Eden. And find a place to sit, maybe by a little stream or a small lake or the middle of a sunny meadow full of beautiful wildflowers or in a shady, cool spot, you choose and sit upon the earth and feel connected to the earth as you sit down. And make it up. Imagine, how would I feel if I had roots? If, if I could imagine my energy being really connected or grounded to Mother Earth and could imagine how a tree or a bush would feel to be rooted deeply into that rich and wonderful earth all energy seeks the ground be grounded and imagine in your lap a scrapbook about your life and the book is open to the age that you've grown to be to, to be the age that you are now the adult you've become and that's what you're looking at and there's plenty of books 
to the right that's yet to be filled with the remainder of your life, but as you slowly imagine yourself, as you imagine yourself slowly beginning to turn the pages from left to right, moving toward the front of the book, you just pretend you're going back into childhood. You just imagine. You are looking for a time when you were embarrassed or ashamed or humiliated, and it might even make you cry a little bit, but that's okay. In fact, you want to allow that. If you take a breath and even allow yourself to weep, that's that's wonderful. But in any event, just imagine turning these pages, going slowly toward the front of the book, back to a time in your childhood where somebody really hurt you. You're, <laughs> You were humiliated, you were embarrassed, you were ashamed, you were made to feel guilty about something. Maybe you, even now, think you were guilty of something, but somehow just aren't sure. And you know, of all the occasions that will leap forward and demand your attention, there's, there's one in particular now that's standing above the rest. There's one particular incident when you were hurt or, or made uh, uh, to feel humiliated somehow, embarrassed or ashamed or guilty. And that, that just seems to stand above all the rest. Go to that one. Go to the one that, that seems to demand your attention among all the others. Allow yourself, whether it seems huge or small and insignificant, Go to that one that sticks out like a sore thumb. That's the one that wants the attention, even if it feels like it's not all that important. Then again, you may recognize its import. But go to that and allow yourself now, not through any effort, but by letting those feelings have their way with you. Allow them to come in and remember this one particular incident. And in your mind's eye, see yourself at that age as you feel yourself at that age. And allow yourself to remember, as never before, just how much that hurt. Maybe you were angry. Maybe you were just deeply wounded. Certainly, if somebody made you angry as a child or frightened you, you are deeply wounded, whatever the nature of the wound. Remember what happened. Remember how old you are. Remember what happened that hurt you. You don't have to say it out loud to anybody. It's just us right now. Remember who hurt you and the circumstances of that situation. As you imagine the person that you've become, the adult that you are now, walking up to yourself as that child. And you're both there. The child that's hurt in this situation, maybe even humiliated, terrified, frightened, maybe angry too. Maybe just confused, certainly. That child and the adult that you've become. And as the adult that you've become, give that child a hug, and whisper in their ear, yes, I am in fact the person you've become. And with 
Michael's help, I'm coming back to rescue you from this horrible situation because you've been carrying it and acting it out in my lifetime. So we're going to fix it. We're going to heal you. And we're going to use love and the power of forgiveness to do that. Don't you worry about a thing. And become the child now in the arms of the adult you've become. The feeling you're making it up, that's exactly the right feeling. Feel the embrace. Strong and firm yet gentle. As the child in the arms of the adult that you've become. (laughs) And if that makes you cry, that's even better. Go deeper into that by letting go. Let it come out. Breathe. Breathe. Ah. And maybe it's a laugh. <laughs> maybe it's a cry. <laughs> but breathe. And imagine as that child, that the adult that you've become, and both of you are here, is handing you what looks like a remote control for a television And they're showing you this big button in the middle that says pause or freeze on it. It might be a big red button bigger than the rest. And telling you that when you point that at the person, the individual, uh, maybe a parent or a school teacher or somebody that's humiliated you, maybe a group of people, maybe it's all the kids around here that are witnessing it. When you point this remote at them and push that pause button, they're all frozen in time. See? They cannot move. They cannot leave. They cannot ignore you. They must hear what you're about to say. And they cannot speak. You've paused them. They have to listen. Because now, your adults standing behind you. With their hands on your little shoulders. So you know the adult you've become is right behind you. And you can use their Awareness, their experience, their intelligence, their insight, compassion, and understanding, even though you're a little kid. And address this individual or this group, the person that hurt you, whoever. It might have have been a stranger or a bus driver or some other kids or mom or your dad. But they're all frozen now in time. So that you can now express. And if you want to do it out loud, you certainly can. But even if it's just the voice in your mind, hear yourself with the appropriate levels of passion that are true. Expressing to the person that hurt you how this makes you feel. Say it like you mean it. Because when this first happened, you didn't have the words to express it. And it's not likely, without having the control, that you would have been allowed to express it, but now you can just simply say, no blame, no explanations, nothing but, ow, 
this really hurts because express it tell the truth with the adult you've become standing right behind you with their hands on your shoulders and with everybody here or even if it's just this one individual right here frozen tell them how they hurt you and then tell them given the situation that this came out of, a better way that they could have handled it as a parent, as a teacher, as a peer, an older brother, uh, kids in the neighborhood, uh, bus driver, whoever hurt you, stranger. Tell them a much better way that this thing could have come down. Explain, pulling on the experience and intelligence of the adult you've become, but as the child that is so hurt here, explain how this all could have been avoided. All you had to do, all you had to say was, and you finally get to express it after all these years, get it out, say it out loud. And if you're angry, say it as an angry child. And then imagine that the adult that you've grown to be steps out and you move from the child into the adult part of you, still aware that you as a child is standing beside you. And as the adult... Part two, announce the rescue. Say, you know, just to be clear here, speaking to those people on freeze frame, those people that are paused, whether it's an individual or a group, say, uh, I've come back here with Michael's help, and I'll probably be doing this again in different situations too. But I've come back to this one in particular to rescue me as a child from the false assumptions he or she made about this all being their fault. And maybe they did have some complicity in it, and maybe they could have behaved better as a child, but they're a child. And I'm going to rescue that child by forgiving you, and I'm going to take this child with me. And if the abuser is a parent, your mom or your dad or both of them, Imagine yourself as the adult you've become explaining, this child is coming with me, you can't have them anymore, and you will always be my mother, and I'll love you, and you'll always be my father, even if they're not living anymore, you can say to them, I'll always love you, and be grateful for the fact that you gave me life, but the parenting is done. I'm past 18, I'm old enough to have kids of my own. The parent, the parenting part, uh, my need to please you uh, has been replaced by my own integrity. And I'd like to please you. I'll always try to please you, but I'm learning to be okay with those occasions.
occasions when my integrity says, oops, sorry, wish I could please you, but I'm an adult now, and I have to do the right thing, even if it displeases you. And yes, this is your house, and you'll always be my mom, and you'll always be my dad, but the parenting bit is done. So this kid's mine. He's coming with me. Easier to explain if it's not a parent. This kid is coming with me. Oh, and before we leave, we do forgive you. And at this point, imagine the child reaching in. And you, as the adult, reaching in to the part of your body that carries this hurt and pulling it out. Like you, like you found some rotten food in the back of the refrigerator. You forgot it was back there, and it looks like a science experiment now. Imagine you got that in your heart or just below your heart, probably in your belly someplace. Pull it out and throw it on the ground in front of them and say, here's the heartache and here's the humiliation. And I disown it because I own instead that I am love. And I bless myself. I forgive myself. A gift to myself that changes everything. And I may not forget, but I will forgive. Imagine pulling it out and, and throwing it on the ground, letting go of the hurt. Pull that hurt out. And as you say finally, and I forgive you, and you feel the release, imagine a, a blast of water coming into those areas that until just now carried that hurt. A powerful spray of water as you say to yourself, feeling rinsed out the last of that toxic pain and those false assumptions being washed away, cleansed and healed and purified. And you say to yourself, I hereby reclaim the self-respect that you stole from me on this day or at the very least that I lost on this day by picking up and carrying all of this hurt and the false assumption that I was just a bad rotten kid I'm letting that go I hereby reclaim my self-respect I hereby reclaim my self-trust I hereby reclaim the self-love that I was born with the instant I took my first breath. I am that love. I am that trust. Feel it. I am that self-respect. And imagine as the adult taking that child by the hand, turn Walk away, walk away, walk away, leaving it all behind, leave it all behind. Ancient dustbin of history and take this child back to the image from last week of the self-love child, that four-year-old, and introduce these two parts of yourself. And to the four-year-old from our first session last week, remind that child how much you love him or her. And Tell the child you just brought from the painful humiliation how much you respect and love and trust him or her. And imagine drawing them into your heart. 
and bringing them with you with a full and complete memory as you take a nice, slow, deep breath. Do that now. Your memory will come with you. Do that now. Reorient yourself toward the sound of my voice and come back wide awake, alert, refreshed, rested, feeling fine. And that's the heal the inner child technique. And you can repeat that. And remember the first technique from last week, going back to child as perfect love and sharing and caring. Very powerful stuff. Okay? Now, if you want to meditate and uh, visualize a yantra or chant a mantra, uh, Sanskrit or otherwise, if you want to sing to yourself, if you want to just watch your breath, if you want to do movement, there's so many ways and variations. I'm not teaching the one right way. These are just tools that I've put together, cobbled together and borrowed from many, many different disciplines. And the more you understand them, the better you'll be at using them in your life. Well, we're running way late today, but I just got a couple of minutes left. I want to thank the people that have been nice enough to submit comments and questions and the howdy-do's, um, Carol and La Habra, uh, friend Randy down the Lake Forest, Charlotte in uh, Montreal, and thank you for your email, Charlotte. I, I responded to that. That was beautiful. John in Pittsburgh, hello and howdy. Uh, Rebecca in Studio City, hello, Rebecca. And from Surprise, Arizona, again today, Lorelei, nice to hear from you. Eagle Rock, William, I think it's the first time William said hello to us. Eagle Rock, I used to live right by there. Keep up the good work. Thanks, William. And um, Greg Simonian in uh, Las Vegas, and Roberto from Oceanside, just some of the folks that are with us today. Went long, got to run. Join us every Sunday. Remember, we're available also as a podcast, and the archive is on our website, the www.theagelesswisdom.com. Okay? Theagelesswisdom.com. And click on homepage to go inside. And then web teleconference will take you to the archive. You can send links of one or more past programs to any or all of your friends. It's so cool. And you can listen to past programs as well. That's also the place where you can subscribe to the free podcast. And if you get a chance and you're in the iTunes store, a couple of you have already done this. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. If you can write a nice little review, be honest. Uh, I'd love to say, make sure they're all five stars, but I'll trust you. If you think it's only four stars, <laughs> and you can put up a nice review, that'd be great. But make it honest and truthful and accurate, and and, and I trust it'll be beneficial somehow. At the, uh, You'll see it. Just go to the iTunes store and uh, type my name, go to podcast, put my name in there, and uh, you'll find it. The, the podcast of this Ageless Wisdom Mystery School, and if you can write a little review, that'd be just too cool. Okay. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, uh, being with us on this day. Hope you can join us every Sunday. Also, check out FocusPassion.com, though we're still about a week or two away from our big upgrade and launch of the of the new site. You can go there immediately by clicking the button in the lower right of the web page you're looking at provided you're live with us on the web, wage inner peace now. To subscribe, uh, 
to turn your friends on to it, click on Wage Inner Peace Now. The other links to my website in the archives are right below it on the webpage. Those of you listening to the replay, you'll see it too. Got to run. Almost out of time. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner from Maui. Aloha. <laughs>